You're listening to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show presented by SuperOps.ai, where we go behind the scenes with today's top MSP owners and experts and get to know what they are really doing to evolve their business. Welcome to SuperPod, the No Filter MSP show. I'm Monica, product evangelist at superops.ai, and I will be your host for the day. Today, we have a special guest on our show, Justin Esper. He is the CEO of uh, Virtua Computers. But I think I'm going to stop there because I'm curious about what what his MSP business and company is all about. So, Justin, do you want to kind of tell us what it's all about? Yeah, of course. Hi, Monica. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, my, like you said, my name is Justin Escar. I'm the CEO of the Virtual Consulting Group. We're a conglomerated group where we have Virtual Computers, which is our Apple-based MSP, around for 13 okay. years. Mm-hmm. Virtual Consulting, which is where I do one-on-one consulting with other MSP business owners to help them grow their business. Okay. Virtual XYZ, which is our software development division where we make apps for our MSPs, such as mm-hmm. Your Computer Inventory, um, Email Phoenix, mm-hmm. FreshBooks mm-hmm. Time Tracker, things like that and virtual conferences, which our big one is called the ACES conference, which Mm -hmm. I'm not sure when this airs, but it started this Thursday, May 6th. Uh, It's happening every Thursday in May where we help. uh, I mean, we focus on Apple business, but it really works Mm -hmm. for any MSP, teaching them all about the business side of their their company. Marketing, sales, hiring and firing, contracts, um, this year we had a great, we already had it, but we had a great conversation with Paul Green, uh, the marketing MSP podcast mm-hmm, guy, mm-hmm. Yep. ripped apart somebody's website, like live in front of everyone else. I feel bad for that wow. guy. Um, wow. but like, yeah, so it's a whole lot of stuff there. So I focus mostly on the business side of mm-hmm. the MSP world. I don't really mm-hmm. like using those terms anyway, but, um, but our primary business is an Apple based, uh, based in New York city where we take care of clients who have Macs. Interesting, interesting. So, so is is there a, a specific reason why you kind of wanted to specialize in Apple-based technology or Apple uh, Apple uh, products? Yeah, no, why Apple? that's a really good question, and it's it's actually uh, it wasn't a re- there's no reason why. It's just how fate had it. So, mm-hmm. when I was five, uh, I went to Florida with my mom to go visit my grandmother, as mm-hmm. as one does. And so, when I came home. On my dining room table was an Apple IIc computer, a brand new Apple IIc mm. computer. And mm-hmm. despite the fact that my parents had arguments about the fact that my dad spent twelve thousand dollars on this thing, which would be, you know, <laughs> ridiculous, uh, I was enamored by it. Playing games, I used to mm-hmm. get um, magazines that the centerfold mm-hmm. was coding, and I used to like program this machine to do things, and it was it was amazing. And I had always been into computers, so I followed the story of Apple for a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 12, I got my first Mac. I got an LC2. I remember going to my grandfather being like, hey, this company Apple's on the stock market. We should invest mm-hmm. in them. And he said, okay. what do you, right? And he goes, what do you know you're 12? And I was, okay. now I'm like, I would have been a bajillionaire. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right? And so, and so I, I had an LC2, I had an LC2 uh, in seventh grade, eighth grade. I helped the computer teacher in my school. This is a true story. Okay. Uh, we had to install Microsoft Word, which was oh. 40, if anybody remembers this from like 1992, 93, mm-hmm. it was 15 three and a half inch floppy disks. And I said, hey, can I bring it home and install it on my own computer? Not knowing mm-hmm. about end user license agreements. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. teacher said, sure. I installed <laughs> okay. it on my computer. I bring it back and she's like, hey, can you install it on all of these at the computer lab? Okay. I said, sure. 
And for the next six years, it said Microsoft Word registered to Justin Escar virtual computers. <laughs> nice. Right. So like nice. it was just it was just fate. I had gotten into the Apple ecosystem mm -hmm. very early on. I did I did dive into the PC. Well, we'll say the evil side of PCs for a little while. Mm -hmm. I built PCs. I was I was doing cool stuff with custom windows and lights and painting PCs before it was like the in thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I then I came back to Mac after I graduated college. It was one of the worst economies. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up yeah. uh, temping for a while before I found my way working at an Apple consultancy. And then mm -hmm. five years later, I or four years later, I started my own um, and grew it from there. From there, I started nice. doing apps. I did apps for an iPad. I did apps for computers. I do apps for consultants. Then I started the conference, and like it's just one thing after another. Um, nice. But it all started from that from that from my dad buying that Apple IIc. So I love you, Dad. Thank sweet. you for setting me on this path. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> so you did mention that you started programming. So was are you like a, a self-taught programmer, or did you like go take classes? So when I was doing programming, it was literally me copying lines of code from a magazine. I actually can't program for anything, and I equate mm -hmm. that to the fact that I can barely speak English, let alone a programming language, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Because I handle the business side of things more, mm -hmm. and yes, it is my company, but I'm I'm a I'm an entrepreneur and a business person mm -hmm, first, mm -hmm, and technology mm -hmm. second. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually relegated myself to understanding how to outsource my programming. Mm -hmm. So when we started doing, when we started really doing apps, mm -hmm. um, I started really getting into things like Upwork and People Per Hour and 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 um, Guru.com. And I've had programming teams in India. I've had programming teams in New Zealand. I have programming mm -hmm. teams in Canada and in, in somewhere in the United States. One of my best programmers is in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, learning enough so to have those conversations without learning ah. the code, right? Because like right, right. I understand HTML and PHP, but like mm -hmm. so does my mom, right? Like it's not that. <laughs> but like if right. I, and I and this is a true story, and mm -hmm. I'm sorry to to my teacher and the kid who I copied from. But I failed Java mm -hmm. in college because I couldn't do the programming and I copied someone else's stuff and I got busted for copying. <laughs> okay, like, okay. I can't code. I know this. <laughs> and this is a fault okay. and I'm aware of this. Okay. I'm okay with my position in life. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. So I, I, I also know that you, uh, you are an author. So you wrote uh, this book called Capitalize on Your Idea. Nice wordplay there. So what's this Thank book you, all man. about? So the, the Apple concept is written on my story of how I made our big iPad app called Sign My Pad. And right. it's the story of how you can take any idea you have mm -hmm. and make it a reality and build a business around it. And I use the apps as the base platform to tell the story of how to do it, how nice. to come up with an idea, how nice. to get it built, whether you're doing mm -hmm. it yourself or you're outsourcing it, mm -hmm. how, to, how to get it protected legally with intellectual property and trademarks right. and patents. Right. How to get it marketed, how to get staff, how to use interns, how to use wow. college grads, how to build a WordPress marketplace to, you know, with WooCommerce. It's a 100 page, easy to read manual. If wow. you think you have an idea and you mm -hmm. want to make it become a reality and you want to build something and put something awesome into this world, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. how you do it. Wow. So it's, it's actually the entire spectrum of how you kind of start from the idea to execution, wow. And you said just 100 pages, really? Yeah, it's something like 100 pages. Again, I'm wow. not great with English, so you can't imagine that <laughs> like, I had a lot of people edit it. I will okay. tell you this, the, 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 I think one of the most important parts of the book mm -hmm. is the last chapter where I talk about failures. Because I feel okay. like a lot of people mm -hmm. miss this. And I, I, I like telling this story mm -hmm. um, 
because it's important not only for me personally in my own healing, but also mm -hmm. for other people to understand what happened. Right. So uh, in uh, somewhere in the later half of 2010-ish, I forget exactly when, um, mm -hmm. there was a great app for the Mac called Now Contact. This is pre-Gmail, pre-Office 365. Okay. And Now Contact was basically a shared address book program for your office. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing mm -hmm. tool. Everybody loved it. And mm -hmm. one day they just said, we're closing the doors and we're leaving. Oh. And I was like, this is a great opportunity. Like I was deep right. into apps. I was doing mm -hmm. stuff. I was like, mm -hmm. this is a great opportunity for me to build something um, right. that would that could carry over. And mm -hmm. so I spent over a year building it. I spent this three, four to six months on the initial build. And then okay. that second six months was built because I got stuck in one feature. I really wanted oh. the, the, the address book to show up on the iPhone. And the iPhone okay. didn't have apps at the time. Right. So you had to use CardDAV, a technology that Apple made up to connect their mm -hmm. address book. And mm -hmm. so my programmer was reading their Apple spec and it wasn't working. And we actually had a call. I had to bring in an, another programmer from New Zealand for a while. And so a year later, I had missed the boat on it. Gmail had come out. Office 365 right. had come out. A lot right. of new things had come out. I really missed the boat. I went to market with it mm -hmm. and I sold one copy. And okay. the bigger problem is that I spent in cash almost eighty thousand dollars on building Whoa. this app. and I, sp I sold one copy for 149 dollars yeah, and what yeah. happened was i got stuck in feature creep i got stuck mm -hmm. in that i gotta mm -hmm. get it right it's gotta be right yes yeah, yeah. so the lesson here is if you're gonna build something mm -hmm. just get it out there like we right. programmers right programmers love this like put it out in beta and i love to equate the fact that like Gmail was still in beta until like what, like a year ago? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just get it out there and yes. let the market make a decision. Don't get stuck right. in that stuff. So that's the, right. I think that's one of the biggest lessons in the book. Right, right. Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, uh, it's, 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 it's a very important uh, lesson as well, because if you're going to try to kind of, you know, if you're focused on perfecting whatever you're building, it's, it's, it's an endless process because every time you go back, you see it, you're like, hey, I think you can, you can find unit here, you can find unit there. So it's going to be an endless uh, vicious cycle because you're never going to get it to uh, the market. I think have it, just push it out and let the market kind of, you know, decide. Absolutely. Yes. So now I think I, I want to go back to um, to uh, your business, your uh, the company, right? Virtual uh, computers. So when I when I actually looked up uh, uh, virtual computers, uh, one of the common recurring themes across, uh, you know, uh, what I was seeing from your clients was that, you know, the service, the quality of service that you're providing is outstanding. So I so I, I get it. Uh, Managed service provider. It's all about service, and I think uh, you know it's 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 crucial to get it right, isn't it? So how is that you consistently ensure that you know your clients are happy with your service? More than being happy, it's it's memorable because they come back and they talk about it, right? So how do you kind of ensure that you deliver memorable service every single time? Ooh, that's a good question, and that's and that's hard because it's 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 hard to give quality service every single time. So a couple of a couple of things that we have is that we have some immutable laws about how we do work. Mm -hmm. uh, that's our first one. Number so, mm -hmm. so 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 we have five immutable laws. One of them is like cool as a cucumber, which means okay. like no matter how angry the client gets, we stay calm. Right. right. One of them is right. the education connection. We try mm -hmm. to teach you. Mm -hmm. while we fix the problem you know a lot of the time 
Um, the problem isn't something that can be taught, but we do our best to say, hey, next time, you know, try doing this and then you can call us because you right. can, it'll just save you a little bit of time on dealing with things. Not that we mm -hmm. will, we're not here to help. Of course we are. Right, right, right. One of our other immutable laws is happiness is contagious, which means you need mm -hmm. to go into a client happy. If you're in a bad mood, just don't deal with clients and I'm okay with it. Right. So that's part one of it. Mm -hmm. Part two of it is um, our culture of how we built and how I built up the company. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is I built the company based on the idea of help the person, not the computer, right? A lot right. of times when you get a ticket and someone says, my VPN's not working, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, sure. You can go in and you can fix the VPN and say, have a nice day and like walk away. But right. like, if you go in and you try to find out, and I'm using this as a, it may be a bad example, but I'm using this mm -hmm. as, as an example saying like, mm -hmm. if you go in and you start talking to the person while you're fixing the VPN, Oh, right. how are you feeling today? How's your husband? How's your wife? How's your dog? How's your baby? Right. How's your whatever? Right. right? right. And get them talking. At the end, when you go, hey, your VPN's fixed, they're going to be so much happier because they had a right. like an actual conversation with another right. human being, right? Right. right. Um, especially now with the pandemic, like right. even more so, you want to keep those people happy. So that's part two. Right. Part three of that is um, what I'd like to, what, what marketers like to call touch points, right? right? We try to stay on top of things about our clients. So, for mm -hmm. example, mm -hmm. if we find out that a client got married, we'll send them a little wedding gift. We, fi nice. we find out that someone had a baby. We send them mm -hmm. a onesie that has a graphic that my, my wife, uh, who used to be a graphic designer, designed mm -hmm. for us with a, with a bottle of milk spilt on a laptop that says, I don't cry when I spill milk. I call virtual <laughs> computers. Like nice. little things like this. And we get so yeah. much feedback from our clients about mm -hmm. it. They're mm -hmm. so happy to get it. It just, it, it proves to them that like, not that, that they don't remember that they're a human being, mm -hmm. but they were, it proves that you as the IT professional are a human being and that you actually right. have feelings. Right. And you're not doing the, well, what I like to call the Jimmy Fallon. There used to be a bit on SNL where he would be like, move and like push the person <laughs> out of the way and get on their keyboard. Like, don't be like that. Right. Be a normal person. Everyone's got feelings. You know, talk to people. We send our weekly newsletter, for example, mm -hmm. and each week we put in a story from the Good News Network. Like, mm -hmm. here's a great story about a kid who had a lemonade stand. It has nothing to do with computers, but like right. something to like warm the inside of your heart. You know, those kinds of things is what really builds it up. That plus mm -hmm. being experts in what we do, because that's mm -hmm. where we're yes. <laughs> right. that part. Yeah, just right. fake it. Right. That plus being an expert in what we do, solving mm -hmm. problems quickly. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it's one touch. Most of the time it's less than an hour. Okay. And getting it done, then mm -hmm. you have a holistic view of a cool. happy person. Right, right. So I think it's it's uh, it's it's absolutely uh, to do with the human connection, right? Because you're dealing with a lot of computers, basically IT stuff, non-human stuff. But then uh, to find that human connection, make that connection with the customers on a very human level, understand, go beyond just fixing uh, their uh, you know IT uh, requests, whatever's you know there's there's something's broken, so you go beyond that. So you you go that extra mile. So you talked about empathy. So I want to kind of double click on that. So when you talk about empathy as, as a CEO, as the founder of the company, you know, this is what you want from your team, right? So uh, how do you, how do you find people who are empathetic, who, who kind of, you know, align to your, uh, um, your vision? For the so I, I ask everyone who I hire one question. Okay. And, and this question is out there on the internet at this mm -hmm. point. I've, I found out in later that apparently this has been posted on Reddit. <laughs> okay. But 
I was asking this question way beforehand. Okay, mm-hmm. the question is, let's. I'll, I'll interview you, Monica, right? Let's say you come okay. work for me at Virtua. Okay, okay, here we go. CEO of one of our clients calls, you're the only one in the office, and they call saying, hey, I need to print this presentation because I'm flying to Las Vegas in 10 minutes, and I want to mark it up with my favorite red pen, and I can't get it to print, and I'm leaving. You have to help me. What do you do? That's what. I, that's the question that I ask. So I'm going to ask you that question. What would be your answer? Oh my God, this is like a trick question. Okay. Um, so the first thing is, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna tell them that uh, I understand it's like super important that you need to get this thing done. So I'm gonna try and find whatever you need to kind of get your presentation printed, so you have it ready for whenever you're, you know, so whenever you have to do the presentation. So yeah, yeah. So, so did I did I pass? Yeah. So there's no one, there's two answers. There's two answers. Okay. There's that answer, which you're leaving done the right way. Send me mm-hmm. your presentation. I'll print it at Kinko's or Staples or something like that. I'll get, I'll curry it over to you uh, mm-hmm. before you leave. I'll have, I'll meet you at the airport. As you walk into the airport, I'll hand you your presentation. Like you're going above and beyond to get mm-hmm. the, because really what his problem is, he just wants it in hand. He doesn't care about the printer, right? Right, right. Then you have the technic. Then you have the technical answer, which I get from a lot of people, which shows mm-hmm. me that they're not necessarily aligned with the way I want to run my business. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong. Keep in mind, it's right. not wrong. Right. You need technicians, but they're the ones who go, "Oh, did you check the USB cable? Is it wired or wireless? Is there paper right. in the printer? Is there ink in the printer?" Right. The technical checklist. But remember, the key element here is one: it's the CEO. And right. two, he's got 10 minutes before he has to leave. He right. doesn't care about ink or toner or USB right. cables. He cares right. about the paper. So what you right. do is send me the presentation. I'll print it out. I'll, I'll intercept you on the way to the airport and get it to you. I'll throw it into your car as you drive, whatever it takes. Right. And then I'll right. go to your office and I'll fix the printer for when you come back. Right, right. right. That's like a full, complete solution. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's what we're talking about when we talk mm-hmm. about server, right? I talk about MSP, the middle part, service. I talk about mm-hmm. being a member of the Apple Consultants Network, C, mm-hmm. consultant. Doing those touch point components is what mm-hmm. makes or breaks a good business. So many people I know are so worried about the technical aspect. You forget about the service side of it, which is what makes you your money. Right, right. So do, do you remember any, uh, okay, what's your favorite, um, you know, um, customer interaction, something that was like, you know, wow, that went super well. So do you remember, do, do you remember that? Why did that go super well? Um, I mean, I've been doing this a long you're time. Probably, you're probably going to say, <laughs> I had so many, so many such events, which, which I, one do I talk about? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, that's the thing, right? Like I, I try to achieve the point where like, that happens all the time. Like of a recent one, I have a client, we had just acquired a company in Iowa. This is a mm-hmm. new client to me, but it was a part of the Iowa client. And I was talking to them for the first time and we were joking around on the phone and uh, she said, yo, what's up? Like that. And I was like, you have to start every conversation with me that way. And now whenever she opens a ticket, she starts with, yo, what's up? Now it's a small (laughs) thing, but the fact is, is it was memorable and she likes me enough to do that. Correct. And now we've had, now we build that rapport from there. So that's like a pretty recent story that I can tell. Mm -hmm. Um, Another good one, and this is how I know I picked the right staff. One of my team members, this kid, Alex, great mm-hmm. guy, love him to death. Um, I needed to print a UPS label and my mm-hmm. printer was out of ink. Oh, okay. And I was complaining to my team on Slack. I was like, how is it that I'm out of ink? He goes, mm-hmm. and he goes, send me the label. I said, you don't have a printer. He goes, I got it. He's best friends with the kid who owns the bagel store near me. 
So mm -hmm. he actually took the label, had the kid at the bagel store print it, and had one of the bagel store delivery guys drop it in my mailbox for me. Wow. Like, I was Sweet. like, I hired the right person. By hiring you, Alex. <laughs> yes. Because you right. listened to my right. store, right? To the CEO story that we just talked about. Right. So, so I, I, that's, that would be the only two that I can think of like off the top of my head. I mean, I've had a lot of great interactions. Don't get me wrong. I've had a lot of bad ones as well, right? I'm <laughs> right. a human. Um, when a client signs a contract with us on first go, that's great. I love, one of the things that I do, because again, I'm business first, technology second. Mm -hmm. I love helping and watching other companies grow. My, my, my yeah. passion really is in helping other companies grow. So when I talk to a client, uh, mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm talking to one of our, we do a lot of work with nonprofits. I'm helping mm -hmm. them with their website. But I was also mm -hmm. like, you know, I see you guys are selling t-shirts. Are you stocking those t-shirts? And they were like, yeah, mm -hmm. I have a whole box of them here in my house. I was mm -hmm. like, why? Here's mm -hmm. how you can do print on demand, right? Mm -hmm. With Threadless or Teespring or Amazon Merch. Right. And the only reason right. I know that is because I dabble in it myself. But like, mm -hmm. that's something that like an IT person wouldn't normally talk about with a client. Right. Like, that's yes. an IT thing. But right. it is. Because now you're helping them with another website. You're helping them build their brand up. If they right. build their brand up, they're going to build your brand up. And like those things catalyst. Right. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, those are probably the quickest ones that I can come up with off the top of my head. <laughs> nice, nice. So I think it keeps, I think uh, it, it keeps iterating the fact that you know you need to have a personal connection you need to go the extra mile you don't look at a problem just from a technical perspective but you also look at the bigger picture what is the actual pain point right and how are you going to solve it so yes i'm glad you have a good uh, i mean actually a great team of uh, uh, people to to kind of and, and and it's difficult honestly justin because it's not easy to to kind of hire or have that team uh, who are aligned to your vision because as you know as the company grows you're going to have a you're going to have a bigger team and then you know you want everybody to talk the same language to to be empathetic to to kind of you know speak the language of the brand and to kind of get that is difficult and yeah i think you have a great team yes well, Alex, i appreciate that hi from I mean, me. <laughs> yeah i appreciate that so building that up is a difficult thing you're absolutely sure. right right so one of the rules that i've learned is that if you're going to build culture, you have to do it from the very beginning and you have to do mm -hmm. it from the top down. If you right. are a B level person, you're only going to hire C's. You can't hire an A, right? right. But if you're an right. A level person, you can hire A's and more A's and you can hire B's. Right. The right. fact is don't start hiring C's and don't let your B's hire those C's, right? So right. the way I look at it is, you know, and I don't mean I'm an A type personality, but you mm -hmm. hire a person who understands your culture, does all those things. If you start your company in the first five employees at a small IT MSP or in a larger mm -hmm. company, let's say 150, um, right. are all A players. Then you start hiring the B players to back them up, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm gonna hire a tech eventually. That's not mm -hmm. gonna go all out the way everyone else does. But right. Right. if I know that in advance, I don't mm -hmm. make them client facing. I make them just right. do the work in the background and have a account manager or a client facing person in between, right? Not right. to not to withdraw them, but they just might not fit our ideals, but they might Correct. be really good at a tool like our RMM right. tools or something. Focus there and that's fine. Right. right. So don't don't only hire A's because you're still gonna need other people to do work. That's right. fine. But understand right. and as an owner, you have to understand everybody's nuanced personalities and where mm -hmm. they all fit in. You're building a seven thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Right. Person by right. person. And you need to right. know where they all fit.
Correct, correct, absolutely, absolutely right. I think uh, culture fit is is very important because, you know, the level of expertise you might probably be a super talented person, you might be a rock star in in your uh, you know space, but then if you if you can't if you don't align or fit into the culture of uh, a company, it's it's just not going to work out because it it brings the entire team down. You're yep. absolutely right there. Now, uh, is it all right if I ask you about an embarrassing moment in, uh, you know, when it comes to customer service? And uh, what is something that you learned uh, from that experience? So, um, yeah, I I'm okay sharing this. Uh, and I'll, I'll tweak the story to protect the innocent. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> right? So I had a client for a very long time and I had a staff member at the time who mm -hmm. dropped the ball mm -hmm. um now him dropping the ball wasn't the reason we lost the client it was the last right. straw in the camel uh, mm -hmm. that broke that broke the camel's back mm -hmm. i had made some missteps in the past um some of the things i did for the client got misconstrued to the ceo mm -hmm. who questioned mm -hmm. it we it got we got lawyers involved but he still mm -hmm. kept me involved in the company mm -hmm. um and it, it got a little messy towards the end and mm -hmm. so what my staff member at the time did caused the, you know, caused the last break and the CEO called me in and was like, look, you know, we've been working together for a long time, it, but we have to part ways. And I said, you know, mm -hmm. fine. And I, I, I went home and I like, I cried for a little bit being like, this sucks, you know, but like I, right. and, yeah. I, I, I put back on my, you know, I mm -hmm. put my clothes back on and got myself dressed. Mm -hmm. And what I did from there was I solved the, the problems of what happened to that client. So in right. this example, that client had been asking us for an inventory of units. Now, I know mm -hmm. this seems like a really easy thing to do mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. the PP side, because I know there's mm -hmm. a lot of tools to do this, but on the mm -hmm. Mac side, there, there are not. And and right. we have a lot of different tools installed. We have our, our, our Watchman monitoring, which is monitoring computers. We have Adigee, mm -hmm. which is our RMM. We mm -hmm. have Apple Business Manager, which is all the machines that come from Apple that get loaded into our RMM. There's a lot of different tools. And it's mm -hmm. very easy for those tools to build up what we call cruft. Just okay. garbage, historical machines that don't exist mm -hmm, anymore. Mm -hmm. Why do we have a computer called Spare that hasn't been turned on in five years, right? Right. So right. all of that came into play when we were trying to figure this out. And so what I did was I was like, I never want to have a client question mm -hmm. their inventory ever again. Right. I don't right. want to have to pull a report and send it to the client. I never want them to question it. I want them to be able to live time, see their inventory. And if they have right. a question about something, they can get it in live time. So mm -hmm. what I did was I mm -hmm. built a tool called yourcomputerinventory.com. Ah, yeah, okay. And yeah. so yourcomputerinventory.com pulls in information from currently Watchman Monitoring, Cisco mm -hmm. Meraki, Simple mm -hmm. MDM, which is another MDM provider we use in, that, mm -hmm. in the iOS mm -hmm. space, and mm -hmm. now can do Google Chromebook. Um, wow. And we're adding more stuff as we go. And I built it for myself, but we also resell it. Um, mm -hmm. with a nice branding. So your clients go to something called mycomputerinventory.com and it has your right. logo. Inside. But it gave my clients the ability to log in and see all their inventory. Cool. So the next time, whenever we bring on a new client, we immediately give them access to that. We immediately load Watchman on their computer, which feeds right. that information. Now they have their computers, they have their, mm -hmm. their networking hardware, they have their mm -hmm. iOS devices, they have their Google Chromebooks. We take care of a school that has Google Chromebooks, so we have them all in there, right? Interesting. Never again will I be questioned about inventory. And we're building that tool out. One of our clients mm -hmm. said, hey, how do I know which ones are on lease? Right. Cool. We're adding new custom fields that have mm -hmm. the lease, who the lease is with, the color of the computer, when the lease expires, and then you know we'll, we'll build it from there. We're building an import feature, an export feature, a print feature. Wow. We're building it for us, really. 
but we sell it with the world. But I'm solving that problem. And I'm problem, oddly yes. enough using the same methodologies that I'm teaching in the book I wrote 10 years ago. Right, right. It, it is a repeatable process, right? So it, it is work and it's working 10 years later, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I came up with the idea. I outsourced it. I have a coder in Minnesota who I love, uh, Josh Big Ups. And, you know, I, I went, I looked to make sure that we're not infringing on any uh, mm -hmm. issues or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I talked mm -hmm. to the API owners. <clears throat> I even go, I know the owners of Watch and Monitoring and Simple MDM, and I showed them the product. They mm -hmm. were both were like, I love it. Can you just, you know, tweak our logo or change wow. the way you have the spelling of our name? So we matched all that what they wanted, stuff like nice. that, right? Um, I, I, I'm marketing it right now. Uh, I have with our conference, it's a, they're one of the sponsors of our conference. Mm -hmm, we're sending, mm -hmm. you know, little pamphlets in the mail to people um, nice. where, you know, I have people working on it. Uh, we use it internally. And mm -hmm. yeah, I haven't made my money back on what I spent on it, but that's okay because the amount of time and the fact that my clients are happy with it right. solves yes. that pain point of losing right. a client again over the fact that Correct. we can't give them inventory. Right, right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so I think a lot of, a lot of the stuff that we talked about right now is, is all about customer service and how crucial it is to kind of, you know, uh, uh, run your business because if you don't have your clients, I mean, who are you selling for, right? You know, who are you right. selling to, right? right, right so, right. so, how, so, uh, would it be fair to say that uh, customer service is almost uh, as good as a marketing channel, a marketing channel that keeps on giving, right? So, do you have any uh, repeatable processes, any frameworks that you use in your? Uh, company that you can probably share with our listeners you know because your book has worked yeah what you did like 10 years back has worked now so i'm sure you have a bunch of repeatable process why don't you share a few with our listeners so i was afraid you're gonna ask me this so from a marketing standpoint as an apple consultant we actually don't have any marketing and actually this is a problem that a lot of apple consultants are running into right now because okay. um and I, I, there's a couple of different pieces here so the first part is we are an official member of Apple's consultant network. It's a program mm -hmm. at Apple. Okay. If you had a Mac and you want a mm -hmm. business, and you call Apple and you're like, we need support. Apple will send you to this website. Okay. Uh, and you type in your zip code and you find an Apple consultant in your area. Okay. Now, the key to that is being the top dog on that right. website. So we right. make sure that we ask our clients for reviews. Mm -hmm. We have on that website, we have 102 five-star reviews and wow. one one-star review, which I will 100% own because it was my fault, right? Um, right. But having 102 five-star reviews and the person under us having three is the biggest part of our marketing right now. Um, right. We do a weekly newsletter, but that's just to keep, you know, we started that after the pandemic started because we wanted to just keep people in, you know, in touch with us because we don't see them as often. We're working on a YouTube channel, but like this is all ancillary stuff. Like the primary stuff that comes in from us is right. from the Apple Consultants Network or referrals, okay. right? Um, we've tried cold calls. We've tried LinkedIn marketing. We've tried, you know, all this stuff. It's different in the Apple world. On the PC mm -hmm. side, and I'm sorry, PC MSP, you know I'm <laughs> about this. Stop doing scare tactics for your advertising. I can't tell you how many PC MSPs are like, your data is on the dark web. Oh, like, enough of that crap. But the problem is that Mac people tr primarily and historically are like, okay. eh, whatever, you know? So it's, it, we can't use that same level of marketing there. So mm -hmm. in terms of getting clients, 
-hmm. Customer service is the best part for us because when a user leaves an office and goes mm -hmm. to another office mm -hmm. and they don't like the IT service at that other office, who do you think they're going to call? Right. They're going to call us because they love right. how we took care of them at their previous job. So right. that's our biggest part in terms of, uh, in terms of marketing and right. other non-marketing and repeatable stuff, you mm -hmm. know, we've built, I, I've repeated the capitalize on your idea method multiple mm -hmm. times. So here's mm -hmm. another great example. Mm -hmm. um, so we do all of our tickets in Zendesk support as mm -hmm. many MSPs do. And mm -hmm. we do all of our invoicing through a tool called FreshBooks right. and Zendesk and FreshBooks when Zendesk was on API one and FreshBooks was on classic, there used mm -hmm. to be an app in a Zendesk marketplace made by FreshBooks mm -hmm. that allowed you to time track from a ticket okay. directly to FreshBooks, right? Oh, okay. Okay. FreshBooks moved to API V2. FreshBooks mm -hmm. moved their stuff up to their new version of their software and that mm -hmm. app no longer works. That. We mm -hmm. live and breathe by that right. app. Yeah. It disappeared. So after a year of waiting and begging them to build it, I just built it myself. Cool. I, I contacted, I went on Upwork, I looked for a Zendesk programmer, mm -hmm. I said, I, I, this is what I want to do, here's our FreshBooks, here's our Zendesk, mm -hmm. they walked mm -hmm. me through the process, and guess what? Now I have an app on the Zendesk and FreshBooks marketplace, because they mm -hmm. both like it, called the, well, depending on which website you go to, it's got a different <laughs> name. It's yeah. technically called the FreshBooks Time Tracker Plus. On Zendesk's oh. website, it's called FreshBooks Time Tracker, and mm -hmm. on FreshBooks website, it's called Zendesk Time Tracker Plus. And on okay. our website, it's called FreshBooks Time Tracker Plus because of <laughs> okay. whatever reasons. Right. <laughs> but the idea is the same. Now, mm -hmm. and again, we built it for us, not mm -hmm. for them, but we do okay. sell it. It's on the store. You can pay $2 an agent for it in Zendesk. Mm -hmm. The reason is for over a year, my staff would go on site. This is pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. Go on mm -hmm. site, mm -hmm. have to go into Slack, tell our ops person, this is the client. Here's what I did. This is mm -hmm. how many hours. Then mm -hmm. our ops person would then have to go into FreshBooks, make an invoice, build, send the invoice, right? It's too many steps. Now, right. the tech who goes on site just goes into the ticket that they're working on, right. taps one hour, submit, and the rest of it automatically happens. And then on Fridays, my ops person goes, make invoice, make invoice, make invoice, make invoice, make invoice, make invoice done. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I saved six steps. So right. again, I use the exact same steps that I used in the book. It's amazing right. how this book has lasted this long, right? Um, I had the idea and I went through it. And hilariously, right before mm -hmm. you and I started talking, I just mm -hmm. got off a one hour call with the people at FreshBooks because they interviewed mm -hmm. me for their developer program. Nice. And they were like, we really like this app. And I was like, it technically is yours. I stole <laughs> <Right>. it. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, that's the repeatable step. Now we're looking at other things outside of programming that we can mm -hmm. repeat. So. Nice. Our onboard and offboard forms, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I do. A, I have a video about this on our YouTube. But what we do is, our onboard and offboards. We we make a form in type form. Mm -hmm. That type form that opens a ticket in Zendesk, and in Zendesk mm -hmm. using another app called Tasks, which is made by an amazing company called Sweethawk. They make mm -hmm. great Zendesk apps. Um, mm -hmm. It auto loads all the tasks for when a new person comes on board. All the things we have to do to that computer. And nice. that's all automated now, right? Wow, cool, um, cool. And so, like, we're repeating that process now. We're rebuilding some of our internal processes through nice. all of our clients. We had that for like five clients, and now we have it for all of our clients. 
Um, so big, nice. big shout out to Lauren from my team for building all those. She spent a lot of hours building those out, making sure. Nice. Like, and keep in wow. mind, just because mm -hmm. they're made don't doesn't mean they're done, right? Right. It's yes. iterative. So Correct. when we build the onboard form, we send it to our point of contact of the client. And we say, hey, mm -hmm. run through this and tell me what you think mm -hmm. and see if there's mm -hmm. anything that needs to be changed. We change it. We say, run through it again. Nice. We show them the task list. We say, this mm -hmm. is all the stuff that we have outside right. of like automated tools. Is yeah, yeah. this mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we've had times where we send them a task list and they come back and they go, oh, don't forget to add our corporate wallpaper or whatever. Oh, right, <laughs> let's add that to the task Because we don't right. want to mess up, right? We don't right. want to be the one yes. who, who, who screwed the pooch. Like, we right. want to make it work. So we right. work with the client to make it work and we're building those out. So a lot of those repeatable processes, building mm -hmm. macros, being able to quickly answer people. Oh, I lost my Ignite drive. Here's a macro that explains how to get your Ignite drive back. Thank you very much. If you need more help, keep we're keeping this ticket open for 24 hours. While yes, it's automated, but it's written mm -hmm. in our it's written in our voice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Get it. Yeah. Yeah. So it nice. makes sense to do those kind of things. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know. You know. Actually, one thing that I that that kind of caught my attention was I mean I I need I wanted to uh, bring this up. I wanted to mention it is that uh, you talked about that one that one client who gave you a one star rating. You just didn't stop at that or you didn't try to justify it. But what you said was that one star rating, I will take it, I will own it because it was something that we did. And how often do we come across, uh, uh, you know, people who say that, yes, this is something that I've done great. And is there, uh, is there a way in which I can do it better? And then they look at something that's gone wrong and they say, hey, that's my mistake and I'm going to I'm going to fix it. And I'm going to make sure that it doesn't happen. So it, I think, uh, you know, being humble and modest to be able to own your mistake is also something that makes a great uh, customer service uh, representative or someone, you know, it, it just is, is something that adds to the personality of a customer service uh, team. So, yes. That's uh, awesome. So, <laughs> so I think I'm going to call, I, I think we've kind of reached the end of the session. I have uh, one last question and then I have sure. a um, surprise session. We'll get to that. But the last question yeah. is this. Uh, if, there were, if, if you had to kind of uh, tell me three things that you would recommend uh, when it comes to delivering great um, customer service, what are those three things you would recommend? Uh, okay, three things are one, remember your clients are human beings and it's about them, not the computer. Uh, two is try to try to like become friends with your clients, basically, right? right? right like, right. You, oh, I, let's, you know, want to go for lunch or send them a onesie or remember when they're getting married or whatever it is. Um, right. And the third and the third one, uh, I think of a third one. Um, I don't know, it's so it's so natural for me that it's hard for me to like, articulate you know, okay. being, being a good, I think you said this earlier, being a good tech doesn't make you a good consultant, right? Just because right. you're good at IT doesn't mean necessarily you're good with, with people. Every interaction that you have should be a customer service type interaction. Think about right. how you would feel. Yeah, this is my third one would be. Think about how you would feel if somebody treated you the way you're treating your clients, right? right. Uh, right. You know, this, this goes back to when we're all children and our parents say, if you have nothing right. nice to yes. say, don't say anything at all. Like, right. yes. you don't want to go to the store and be treated like a, like a piece of meat or a machine, like you know, a cog in the machine. Like, Absolutely. don't treat your clients that way. They will right. respect you back. And the karma you get from being good to your clients and doing those things, pays back in spades. It's not always about the dollar. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Perfectly summed up. Thanks for that, Justin. Now, and this is a surprise uh, 
part. So, ready, uh, ready. <laughs> yes. so uh, we have, I have five uh, questions, rapid fire questions. Okay. And yep, you have to kind of be on your feet and like, you know, right. answer them quickly. Yeah, you ready? Let me get a good stretch in first. <laughs> right. Okay, Go. so your first question, what's your biggest MSP pet peeve? Uh, using the phrase, using the term MSP, clients don't know what that means, and I think we need to take that out of our vernacular. Okay, I'm gonna remember that. Okay, the second one is, what's your favorite customer service uh, mantra? Do you have something, uh, you know, put on your wall in the office? Something, anything? Uh, I don't have anything on my wall, uh, but I do in terms of ownership. Is that everything that happens in my company, no matter whether it's my client's fault, my company, my staff's fault, or whatever, it's actually my fault. Okay. Okay. Right. Take ownership. Yeah. On yeah. ownership. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. One resource you would recommend to our listeners? Uh, hire me as a business coach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, steak or pizza? Uh, wait, what? Steak, steak or, or pizza? pizza? Oh, my God. Um, all right. <laughs> So I'm trying to lose weight. I've been working out. I was, I, I'm doing my Peloton, but I would have to go pizza any day. New York style uh, pizza can't be beat. Awesome. All right. Okay. This is the last one. Uh, if you were to bring up uh, uh, another guest on the show, who would you recommend? Uh, I've had a lot of great guests, uh, especially mm -hmm. at my conference, something like that. Paul Green from the Marketing MSP podcast is a is a great guest to bring on. He talks, um, he's got a great uh, sense of what yes. marketing is. Um, uh, Peter Shankman, uh, okay. who's a, from, he originally owned Help a Reporter out. He used to work at AOL. Now he's a business coach and a mentor okay. entrepreneur. He okay. really understands customer service. Mm -hmm. And Jason Womack from the, okay. from the Womack Foundation, um, mm -hmm. he talks a lot about just that human, I mean, I learned a lot from all three of these people, but he talks about that human side and he's really good at remembering names and wow. and being able to connect people and he'll remember from an interaction you had a while ago and then my last one uh is melanie curtis who's my current okay. business coach i love her to death um okay. she's very big in the women entrepreneur space mm -hmm. uh, member of hatch she's a professional skydiver but she also wow. she understands and teaches a lot about empathy and mm -hmm. human connection and being able to like really break through that barrier so i would say those four and 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 in all fairness um Three of those were keynotes at our, our conference and Melanie runs our mastermind nice. program at the conference. Nice. So I nice. know these four people from personal experience and I would say any of them would be amazing guests for you. Perfect, perfect. Uh, we, we did have uh, Paul Green on our show and uh, I think he was the first uh, guest speaker on our, uh, on our show. So we've covered oh, that nice. crowd. See? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna go, I, I think I'll probably um, reach out to the other people, other three people and get them on our show. So yes. And with that, the rapid fire session is over. And I think you've been great. Like <laughs> the sweat off my brow. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, so yes, with that, we come to the end of the show. And uh, thank you so much, Justin, for being on the show. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope um, we can have you on our show soon uh, again for another conversation, because I know customer service is is a huge topic and, and there's a lot of ground to cover. So probably we'll, uh, when we get you on our show again, we can talk about there's that. Nothing like, there's nothing like having me on for a five-part series. I'm sure you're Whoa, listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, yes. And we'd be happy to, uh, to host you as well. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Justin. And thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, this is Monica signing off now. Take care. Bye, Justin. 
Bye. Thank you.